What is up, everybody? I just realized that I need to make a longer intro for the show because uh, I don't think 15 seconds is long enough. But welcome. I want to know who is out there. Let me know in the chat who's out there. Welcome to uh, Recruitment is No Joke. Today is a special episode for us. We are on episode um, number 50. So uh, 50, it's flown by and, uh, you know, we've made it further than 99% of podcasts and live shows out there. So super excited for that. Uh, we got a great guest today. Really, really excited for the conversation today just to kind of hear what where the market's going, what's going on in the agency world and, um, yeah, just chatting everything about what's going to happen in 2024. So super excited for that. So if you can... Let me know who's out there in the chat. And then if you have questions for the guest today, uh, get in the chat and ask those questions. If you're looking, if you happen to be looking for a job, uh, feel free to just put in whatever type of job you're looking for. I will display those, but we're not going to answer, you know, kind of specific job seeking questions. That's not the point of this show. Uh, but happy to have you guys let me know if you are looking for a job, um, as always. And a special thank you to MetaView. Guys, I know, uh, I think it was yesterday, I posted a Halloween video for MetaView. If you haven't tried MetaView, if you're still using your fingers to type notes in your conversations, um, you need to try MetaView. We got a seven day free trial where you can just try it out, see if you like it, forget typing, forget doing summaries. MetaView will do it all for you. So thank you to MetaView for uh, just everything and the support that you give. Um, so enough of me uh, jabbering on here. I'm going to bring on today's guest. Here we go. Tim, welcome to the show. What's going on, Joel? Thanks for having me. Yeah, good to have you here. Remember, uh, episode 50. So hey, big, episode 50. Big yeah. landmark. Congrats. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm. Uh, this is the second podcast. I think the last one I got to episode 48, and it took like three years to get to that. So yeah, this one, 50 in a year, I think is okay. So uh, honored awesome. to have you on. Great guest to have for episode 50. I love Thank that. You. So why don't, why, don't you, uh, why don't you give everyone just a quick intro on um, what you do, who you do it for, um, and then we'll, we'll get into the conversation for today. Yeah, so my name's Tim Fairley. I'm the co-founder of The Quake Group, and we are a uh, RPO firm in the technology industry. Uh, been in business for 23 years, uh, and uh, during that time, we've been heavily entrenched uh, in the tech industry. Fortunate enough to have strong partnerships with some of our uh, some of the tier one VCs here in Silicon Valley, and all that means is that we're on their shortlist. So as they make in, uh, investments into their portfolio companies, they'll bring us in at various stages of their growth. Um, so it's been a great journey. In October. Uh, October 1st, 2020, we were quite was acquired by Hudson Global, which is a publicly traded company. We're yeah. in uh, 26 different countries around the world. There's just uh, a little over 1200 of us uh, globally. And the idea was to be able to, you know, take all those relationships that we've nurtured for the past 23 years and bring those to a, a company that had a global footprint and really expand that offering from being more of a domestic regional player to a global player. Yeah, so, I love that. Yeah, been a great journey. And uh, yeah, it's been the Hudson side's been uh, great because you never know how those things uh, are going to work out. But 
uh, in this instance, uh, you know, we were hoping one plus one would equal three, but uh, sometimes one plus one equals five, you know, so uh, we, were, love that. we were lucky to have a, a great parent company on the other side. So as far as your background in, in recruitment, how did how did you get started in, in the recruitment industry? Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you know, but uh, we uh, so I was a former dot commer uh, mm -hmm. probably before you were born. Just kidding. Uh, but uh, <laughs> we, um, so we were dot commers, uh, had some business partners. We did uh, website development, uh, hosting, high availability, and had a specialty uh, in uh, auction software in implementing that. And so the short story is uh, a um, dot com success led us to, uh, we took the proceeds of that uh, success and created two additional properties. One was um, a mobile play and the other one was a uh, portal for the life sciences where people could come and share ideas. Uh, we had auction software in there so you could sell your equipment. Uh, we had a job board and a resume database which happened to be getting the, uh, the most traffic. And so we acquired a company called Genome Jobs and ported over a lot of their clients and their resume database. So we had like 40,000 resumes and we started selling the job postings in the resume database um, and then as the the uh, you know dot com funding dried up we uh, so did uh, our funds so uh, my current business partner of who I've known since uh, I, was, I was in the first grade uh, Joe so we kind of looked at each other and said okay well what are we what are we gonna do next and hey guys I wanted to take a quick break to mention my sponsor MetaView. MetaView is the AI assistant for interviewing. It completely removes the need for recruiters to take notes during interviews because their AI is designed to take world-class interview notes for you. The result? You're safe from the drudgery of note-taking and can instead spend time on what actually matters, being present, curious, and engaging with candidates, then making high-quality decisions based on insight, not memory. also means your organization has 10 times better data about every candidate you speak to because you're no longer relying on people to remember everything that was discussed and submit accurate notes. Unlike humans, MetaView never gets tired. It doesn't forget anything and it structures the notes perfectly. Recruiters at companies like Brex, Robinhood, and Cura describe MetaView as a game changer for their efficiency and ability to have high quality interactions with candidates. MetaView lets them focus on the conversation rather than on taking notes. See the magic for yourself for free on your first five interviews. Head over to www.metaview.ai backslash no joke to get started. Uh, we decided, hey, why don't we take all these, um, these resumes and these contacts that we have uh, in HR and start selling the people instead of the, uh, instead of the job postings and then we'll wait for the market to come back because life sciences was still hot at the time. And then we'll, we'll dream up our next idea. And then here we are 23 years later um, again. And then we, Sequoia came knocking. They were raising uh, 300. So we started off in life sciences, but our passion was really technology. And yeah. uh, so as tech was coming back, Sequoia, like the whole recruiting industry, it got wiped out. And um, Sequoia was raising a $300 million fund at the time, and for context, their last fund was seven billion, but that was their biggest one at the time. And they'd, um, sorry about that. 
and they asked us, hey, we're going to make 50, um, you know, we, we plan on making about 50 investments uh, this year. Can you can you help some of our companies? And we're like, hell yeah, get us back in tech. That was our passion. That's where we really, you know, love to be. And all of a sudden they were introducing us to, you know, got, uh, grads from MIT and Stanford. And we're like, wow, these guys have a lot better ideas than we do. But this was a great way. We loved building companies. And this was a great way to partner with these founders and build several companies simultaneously. So uh, that's how we found our passion in recruiting. So when, you know, when the, when the business started, was it that RPL business model from the start or was that something that- it No, we were, it was pure contingency. It was, and, yeah, and when, when did you make the shift in? Until of uh, deal and then over time, but it was kind of, it was, well, in a sense, it was like a mini RPO because we would work with a select group of clients and we would just like sink our teeth into them and we would get the bulk of the business. So essentially we would get exclusivities with these clients. There was just the fee agreements were different, right? And uh, and then over time, then next thing you know, a, a VP, you know, popped up that we didn't place there. And we're like, hey, how come we didn't get that search? And they were like, well, you don't do retained. So, you know, I had to beg, borrow and steal to get my first case study to get that first uh, uh, uh a retained search and you know kind of gave, gave it uh, beneficial terms to one of our clients and said if i can't get it done in um in 30 days and yeah take it to hydrix and struggles but uh i bet you you know you'll 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 have a better experience with with us and we had it done in three weeks and then so he referred us to another one so then we were got that retained search and then so we were off of the running so we were you know depending on the year it was like 60 percent contingency 40 percent retained you know, uh, or vice versa. And then, uh, and then we kept hearing about RPL and one of our mentors was like, gosh, you guys are, you guys are like the Deloitte of the recruiting industry. You guys have all this accumulated intelligence, all this, uh, knowledge and you help our clients so much. Like you guys should think about getting into RPL. And so we started doing research on that. And then, uh, it was probably about, you know, eight, nine years ago that we made the switch. And, um, and as we did that, you know, one of our clients had just uh, raised a large round of funding from Salesforce and their mandate was to build a Salesforce of 100 people across uh, the United States. And the uh, chief people officer who we placed there was like, guys, I'm, you know, my team's, you know, tripping all over you. And I think I got two quarters left because I've got a bullseye on my, our, uh, on my chest. And we're like, wait, 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 we've got a new product. Uh, just outsource this to us and, uh, and uh, you know, and, and point your team in every other direction but sales. So uh, she took it to the board, took the proposal, and uh, two weeks later, we had our first seven-figure deal on the bag and then off to the races. And then, you know, it just says every new client came in that was thinking that there were, um, you know, was going to be a contingency retained engagement. We just started, you know, evangelizing the solution and, the, the whys of, of RPL and um, and that was that was the transition. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and obviously, um, you know, a lot of companies, at least in the last three or four years, I, I feel like there's been an explosion of RPO uh, businesses popping up um, all over the place, especially in, in the tech world, because it just makes so much sense. And I think it's uh, a great business model, but what do you what do you think you know when you when you because I, I also know that RPO is thrown out you know the term RPO is thrown out a lot so 
I'm curious to hear from your perspective, like what really makes a true RPO service and like what, um, what are some of the foundational things that, that you bring when you, you know, when you bring, when you think of that true RPO service, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it's, you know, when you, you're picking an RPO provider, you're really going to them for all that accumulated intelligence, right? Because, you know, some of these companies, they just want to focus on what they do best. And in our industry, it's like building software and uh, whatnot. So um, we, we come in, we'll do a deep dive. We're going to do a discovery on their current talent acquisition strategies. And we're looking at everything, right? We're looking at, uh, you know, their, their tools, uh, their job descriptions, their hiring process, how long it takes, you know, the typical, you know, the, to get somebody from the top of the funnel through it. And then based off that discovery, we'll have identified their strengths and weaknesses. And then we put together a custom solution on what we feel is the best way forward. Mm. And in all in, in, in the background, the three core tenets of why anybody would do uh, RPO or go with RPO provider is time to hire. You know, we're, we're going to be able to increase that time to hire because our recruiters are only focused, they're only telling one story 40 hours a week. So they're not juggling 10 different clients and, you know, and throwing candidates uh, everywhere. That candidate might likely have other job offers, but they're not going to have any other job offers from that recruiter. Um, so you got time to hire, you've got quality of hire. Again, our our, our recruiters aren't shopping the candidates around. So it gives the, our clients enough time to make the right decisions. And then you'll see over time, attrition is less because they've got that, that quality of hire done. And then it's cost per hire. We can uh, lower cost per hire by about 25% uh, by having a dedicated solution. Yeah, I and love that. that yeah. And then with that too, you know, we also bring world-class tools in. We spend about $2 million a year on uh, tools, that's AI technology, scheduling technology, and other tools. So essentially, if anybody has a digital footprint, our teams have the ability to identify them, message them, and start that dialogue about the opportunity we have in mind. And just the, the model itself creates a lot of efficiencies because, again, our recruiters are only telling one story 40 hours a week. And, uh, and it's, it's a true partnership on both sides. So we can tell just like one of their employees, we, we know what the culture is like. We were embedded into their, you know, sometimes when employees come in, they don't even know that our recruiters are actually employed by, by Coit. They're actually, you know, they think they're an employee of whoever our client is. So you're fully branding them on LinkedIn. On LinkedIn, and... fully branded that way. They're in our client's uh, email alias. They're in our client's applicant tracking systems. Uh, any other tools they use, uh, we'll ramp up on. And, and again, they have access to all our tools and our past 23 years of, uh, of relationships in, in the industry. Yeah, that's huge. It's, it's so funny because a lot of times when I hear the, like the pitch for, uh, for RPO, a lot of times the, the pure focus is, um, you know, the cost savings. I think, you know, it's, uh, for obvious reasons, it's probably the easiest thing to sell. Uh, but it's really interesting to hear just that, you know, using those relationships as well as the technology as a, as a key selling point as well, I think, I think is really smart. What, um, again, though, like kind of going back to the changes we've seen in the market over the last 12 to 18 months with, I mean, those are rapid rise to a lot of RPO solutions at it. You obviously got 
that side of the business got hit really hard. So um, I guess, what are you seeing right now? Like, what are you kind of anticipating for 2024? And like, how have you just adjusted like how you work? Have you had to adjust how you're working with clients? Like I'd, I'd love to, you know, kind of hear your thoughts on the, on the market overall right now. Yeah. I mean, this definitely no joke last 12 months has been brutal for the industry. And, uh, you know, we were at one point where we were just like every time the phone would ring, it was a, you know, a client can, you know, giving us 90 day notice or six months notice. Yeah. And, um, so, you know, that's never fun. So, uh, but you know we've we've white knuckled our way through this, and um, our does, does it kind of does it kind of remind you of like the time right before you you kind of got into the business? Because I know you mentioned absolutely. like recruitment, but yeah, okay. definitely, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And so we've uh, yeah we've seen this three times before, and this one you know definitely was uh, as as uh, I would say uh, this one hurt just like the other the other ones, but it's coming back. Our pipeline today is better than it has been all year. And so we're having, you know, very meaningful conversations and, um, and people are already planning for uh, 2024. So I think you're, you know, you've got this pent up demand of clients who are extremely profitable because they've made so many cuts, but their business is still doing great, but all their employees are going crazy because they've got to do less, uh, do more with less. And so, we're, we're hearing that from our clients. Um, so it's going to be, it won't be like crazy growth. It's going to be normal growth, which is good. Right. Cause we all <laughs> not 2021 <laughs> growth, just like every right. other year growth. Yeah. yeah I know. So, um, so we're, we're seeing that, you know, and I'm, I'm I, I think by the end of Q1, 2024, we'll be back to that normal cycle. Great to hear. I'm, I'm curious, like, I think one of one of the players that's out there right now, which you know, is all the rage for a, a lot of people, but I, I also don't think a lot of people really understand how it, it's impacting that business is AI, right? So, like, how do you think that AI is going to impact? You got this pent up demand for for more employees, but you also have tools out there that maybe weren't available a couple of years ago. So, how much of an impact do you think AI is going to play with just? every area of business running leaner and like what are some of those areas uh that even you're using within within your business i know you mentioned some of the technology you're using so what are some of the areas in recruitment that you're seeing ai be really effective in right now yeah i think it's going to help every recruiter be more efficient because they're going to do less of that mundane task of sourcing and messaging where they can kind of do it all at the beginning and let the systems do it for you. So then now they're just dealing with high value tasks and that's the people part, right? So I don't think you're ever gonna be able to take away the the people aspect of it, but AI is definitely gonna make, not, you know, I would say jobs easier. So you're actually working on the, 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 the part of the process that you're most passionate about, which is the people side. Um, so we're big fans of uh, Eightfold. Uh, we were one of their first clients, uh, and that does a lot of that, does the automatic sourcing. It's going to help you set up campaigns, and it's going to make all these inferences that, um, you know, I think there's, I forget how many, but it's going to judge, like, who's mo most likely to answer that email and have a, a, a call with you. So, again, you're, you're just dealing with those high-value tasks um, on the people side. Yeah. Okay. So I, and look, I know there's a lot of tools out there, right. For, um, 
the sourcing, the messaging, um, even like the personalization of those messaging, it seems like there's been some really strong advances, like a, you know, messaging services where they're able to look at who you've worked with in the past at the current company and like make all these connections. I'm curious though, with with these tools, how you know, like what are, what are, what are some of the ways that you think recruiters are going to have to get better? Like just even with standing out with candidates, like because I feel like there's a there's going to be a deluge of just really highly personalized kind of spam in some ways, you know, where it's like they're automated messages, but they're also personalized, so it's like almost better spam. But um, what do you what do you think? As far, as far as like recruiting goes, like how are recruiters going to kind of stand out more with these tools or like how, I guess, how are you coaching your team? What are, what are some of the, the ways that you're seeing people effectively get through all of the noise that's out there right now? Does that make right. sense? I know it's kind of, yeah, right. and I think it's, you know, it's really going back to like recruiting one-on-one it's using the, the tools, but you've got to like, when you're getting through that noise, you've got to make sure that. I'm reaching out to Joel, that Joel knows exactly what it's in it for him within that first, you know, two or three sentences. So they read the rest of the job description. Right. And that's um, and that is, you know, where you're going out there and you've, you've got to, it's like you said, it's going to personalize it, but you can tell when it's like AI personalized or if you can kind of let the AI do that and then jump in there and make some slight tweaks. Um, so you know, but um, the, yeah, you know, I think they just have to be uh, big proponents of, of the technology and looking at the technology technology strengths and the weaknesses and then going in there and, you know, having that person, that person in the middle that's, you know, tweaking the system because the output's only good as good as the input that uh, you're, you're putting in there. Yeah, and I don't, I mean, it doesn't seem like we're necessarily at that point too. I'm just thinking like when, you know, when, because uh, I mean, right now it just seems like companies can post a job and they're going to get a lot of people applying and, uh, you know, a fair, a fair amount of those people are going to be unqualified, which usually yeah. happens, but you, you're getting more qualified inbound candidates right now, at least from, from what I'm hearing. But then I think, okay, when demand goes up and supply is obviously down because it's always been down, that's when I think we're going to see a lot more of the outreach to passive candidates. And I think that's, that's when I'm, I'm going to be curious to see, kind of see like what you're saying, where it's like recruiting one-on-one and like more of an emphasis of knowing what those motivations are and anticipating motivations of, of what can, you know, what candidates are looking for. Um, I'm, I'm curious to, um, you know, kind of going back to that question, like not just with recruiting, but with just, AI around the business, like, are, are you having those conversations with leaders where they're, they're going, okay, we're looking to hire, but we're also looking to implement AI to run leaner teams? Like, are you hear, hearing a lot of those conversations with leaders? Yeah, they definitely want to know what your technology stack is. They want to be educated too on like, what's the latest and greatest. And, you know, and as leaders, we're out there, you know, demoing all these tools and, and making sure that we're at you know the uh, the forefront of everything that's coming out, so we can uh, make those recommendations as we're because a lot of our clients, if we don't have a tool, they'll bring us in to demo that tool. And, Interesting. And, yeah, so we'll we'll have uh, a lot of uh, decision making power or sway uh, um, which way our clients go with with uh, tool sets. What about with um, I know business business development at least 
from what I'm hearing from a lot of agency owners, agency leaders, business development, obviously been a real challenge over the last six to 12 months. So what are some of the ways that you've been kind of building relationships, looking at new relationships? Um, what's, what's been your strategy there? So I think we were, we've been most successful this year through channel partners and having these non-competitive partnerships. And so as we go, we'll go to market together where, you know, we've got, you know, a rev share agreement in place and, you know, and it's a win-win for both sides. So we've had that. Uh, and that's, that's where we've been most successful is through, through channels. So par like partnering up with sourcing tools, partnering up with like other technologies that don't compete, but you kind of kind of reach the same people. Is that what I'm hearing? That's right. That's right. So for example, Eightfold, right? So we're experts at Eightfold. So their whole sales force knows that, you know, it's, it's a big commitment. And when they, when a company um, makes that commitment, they need somebody to either train them or use the product for it. Right. And if they don't have the recruiters on site, they're making the intros for us. And, and then so we come in, we make Eightfold look great uh, and Eightfold makes us look great. So uh, that would be an example of, of a channel partnership that's been very successful for us. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and I, I've seen that a lot too with uh, you know, a, lot of the, a lot of SaaS companies out there that there's channel partnerships and uh, even, even like in-person events seem like they're really making a comeback. So I'm curious if you've been yeah going to a lot more in-person events i mean obviously it's we've been, been going years. we've been hosting with partners like eightfold uh have been uh, that would be an example of a channel partnership that's been very successful sorry about this no no it's okay yeah i've seen I that a lot too, that's you in the uh, background <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that um, it's like inception inception is a live show i love it um so yeah uh invent uh live events are great uh, webinars like this uh, or podcasts like this and you know just really getting out there staying top of mind you know what what goes down must come back up over over time we've seen it uh, we've seen it in the tech industry so many times over the years and tech you know when they cut they cut hard and fast and deep and then but they're also first to come back uh, so you know as other industries start to feel the, the the squeeze of the high interest rates and you know their growth slows you know, I, I think, you know, tech will be the first one to come out of it as well. Yeah. What about, because uh, again, like with these communities and, and these, I've, I've seen a lot more companies, I mean, even agencies like hosting, like networking events and things like that within the industry. So um, it's kind of getting back to that recruiting one-on-one, like you were talking about just, just a minute ago. Um, but also, yeah, I, I, you know, one of the big challenges, people have moved around everywhere. So like what... What's, I guess what's what have you been seeing with clients with uh, managing like the return office right now, but then also um, I'm an office guy myself, but yeah. again, I already dated myself uh, in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I think it's it, it's powerful to be in the office, to be around people, to have that energy. And it doesn't need to be 40 hours a week, but, you know, there does need to be that, you know, that that exchange of ideas and it just it makes people smarter. It makes decisions are, are made faster. And, you know, um, so I'm, I'm a big proponent of going back to the office, but just not in a full-time fashion. And, you know, and if somebody's moved out of state, you know, they should be willing to at least come in 
once a quarter for a week and, and you know, collaborate and that type of thing. So I think there should be some flexibility. Um, but again, you know, there's no, nothing takes the place of, um, yeah, of live, you know, interaction, uh, which is why we do these live events. And, you know, our strategy with those live events is really to get like, you know, 10 to 15 people in a room, have a, like a meaningful speaker come in to talk about like, you know, topics that are hot from the, the time and where we can and then be able to network with them and then later, um, you know, be, hopefully be their their provider of choice. Yeah, I love it. I, I, again, I see, it's so funny because I think with all of the, the, you know, the rise of AI and all the technology and all these sourcing tools and even things like social media, right? Like I'm obviously a big proponent of using social media and building a brand online. Sure. It's really interesting because I, I, I think like there's a real desire for that human to human connection. And I think the challenge is, is figuring out what's the best way to do that. Because I think in this market, it's probably easier to get people back to the office because people are scared of the job market. They don't want to be on the job market. <laughs> right. But it's also going, OK, well, at some point that will change and it will be harder to hire people. And, you know, it's. it's a lot of people do like, you know, the benefits of fully remote work. So how do companies create, like you said, that balance and do it in the right way and inspire people to get together? Because one of the things that's interesting is whenever I hear even talk to people who are fully remote, they really appreciate getting together with the people on their team. And it's like you hear the same thing over and over where it's like oh, I'm fully remote, but I love getting together with the team when we get together. So I think it's it's striking that balance and figuring out like, how do you do this in, in a way that's beneficial for everybody? Um, and in a way where you could still attract top talent. Right. And, and, uh, and you know, so, so I love it. So talking about the online branding and, um, you know, obviously the digital kind of personal brand type thing is, is really popped up over the last couple of years. So curious to kind of, you know, as far as recruiting goes, like, is that something that's, um, you're seeing as kind of essential going forward to reach people or like, uh, is that something that you're looking at more in terms of like, how do you build the kind of the online presence as a recruiter to attract candidates? Curious to get your take on that. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, LinkedIn is a powerful tool to do that, to, you know, really brand yourself as an authority. Like if you go to any of the Coit recruiters, they are, you know, out there posting very meaningful things about, you know, interview tips, um, uh, just job advice, you know, for clients, you know, and, and candidates. Um, so, and a lot of them are in the top, I don't know, they have these LinkedIn badges that are, uh, you know, for interview tips or, you know, they're power users. And yeah. when that recruiter reaches out and they're in your network and they're just giving you so much content, um, you know, they, you know, they know what they're talking about. So I think, um, yeah, get out there and, spread the word about what you're working on and what you're, you know, anything you can, you know, put out there in the ethos that helps somebody else, you know, that's what we do. So um, I, I recommend that to everybody. Yeah, I love it. Okay, so if uh, I know we're kind of running on time here as well. So if you were to get if you were to think of like three areas going into 2024 and beyond for recruiters to, you know, to focus on particularly recruiters that are, are laid off right now, right? Because there's a lot of laid off recruiters what would be kind of some of the like the three top areas that you would have you would think someone who's laid off or they're, they're looking to make an impression 
would be like the three areas you think they would they should focus on or like the areas of value that they, they, they should uh, be looking to bring to their next organization, whether the internal or agency? Yeah, you know, I think it's like being curious and, you know, like we have a culture of just a continuous education. So we always we like we have subscriptions to social talent. So our recruiters that are down, they're out there doing modules that are you know helping them stay sharp in the industry. And I think, um, you know, some of our recruiters are taking coding classes because they're technical recruiters. Right. And they just want to know more about that. And it just like shows that. Yeah, sure. They were, you know, it was slow during that time, but they were out there. They're, you know, staying sharp, staying close to the keyboard, and you know, and bettering themselves. Um, so that's, you know, when we look to hire at at Coit, or you know, everybody at Coit shares three common characteristics. Characteristics: it's that they are articulate and have uh, good writing skills. They're genuinely intelligent and they have hustle. So if you can. If you can show that to your prospective employer of what you did during that downtime, I think that's, you know, that would resonate with me. You know, if, if you're out there saying, hey, I took these uh, courses, I'm not a great coder, but now I'm, I'm going to be more of an authority when I talk to candidates because they've, you know, they're, they've done it, they've went through the courses and, you know, it's a more meaningful connection. Yeah, that's so cool. Look, it's a, it's a huge thing, right? Because so many recruiters, they, uh, you know, it's even just like the business acumen, right? Like, how does a business run? Or how is the business that you're working with? What are the things that they care about? Uh, and I think so often we get just siloed, you know, internal and agency, both sides, we get really siloed into like, just this one role, but not necessarily stepping back and looking at like, how is this role even going to impact the business? And I think that kind of that that is why a lot of times people are confused with what even what recruiters do because yeah. they, they literally think i oh, hey, we're just posting a job and like waiting for people to come in um and obviously you just i mean maybe this market you can but on the whole you you've got to be going out and getting people and it that takes understanding the business um it's 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 a huge thing what what kind of how do you how do you learn new things like what are some of your go-to sources for um information and just like even new technology like do you have like go-to sources for new technology so my i definitely rely on my teams because you know uh, they're getting marketed to by these new technologies and they're forwarding it to me and i'm looking at all of them and doing demos to see which ones you know would be a good fit for for our tech stack um i re rely on uh you know i'm reading you know TechCrunch every day so i'm seeing what's coming up, what's the latest and greatest, you know, staying close to my industry. Um, and I'm out there hunting, you know, like for new technologies. So, you know, I think that three pronged approach, you know, keeps me, you know, at the you know, top of the list in, in terms of knowing what's out there and what's available for our clients. And it also helps knowing what's available as we're, we're in pitches to win new business because we can speak to the market and, uh, and help our clients get better. That's, I love it. That's huge. Um, well, Tim, what's the best place for people to reach out to you? Are you, I mean, I take it like LinkedIn is probably a good place to connect. Sure. Are you active, active anywhere else? I would say LinkedIn's the, where I'm most active. You know, I'm on that every day, but you can also reach me on my email. It's tim at quakegroup.com. You know, send me an email. I'd love to hear from you. 
Love it. Well, guys, if uh, and are you guys hiring right now? Are you looking at looking to grow? Yeah, we're always looking for. You know, we're very opportunistic, and so we're always looking for great talent. And um, yeah, right, we're hiring sales uh, account executives as well. So anybody who's got uh, experience in bringing in business, we'd love to hear from you. Awesome. Love it. Well, guys, look. What I would say is, if uh, if you're going to connect with Tim, just be patient. He's uh, he's not hanging out on LinkedIn all day uh, like myself, uh, but just send him the connection request. Let him know that you heard about him on the show, and uh, and then if you are you know interested in business development, if that's your background, um, I think pretty much covered what you're looking for as well. You know, in, in new employees, right? So you got that hustle, that drive, the curiosity, that intelligence. Um, and you're, you know, a true student of the recruitment game. Definitely, uh, definitely reach out. And uh, Tim, appreciate your time. Really uh, value your insights as well. And uh, I'm, I'm personally looking forward to 2024 because 2023 has obviously been been a real challenge. But I also think we've uh, we learned a lot from this year as well, which is probably a helpful thing in, in some ways going forward. But. Uh, but yeah, guys, if um, if you have any questions for myself, if you have any questions for Tim, you can also let me know if we're connect we're connected. Uh, happy to pass those along, and we will be live. I think on Monday, I've, I've got a guest coming in. I know it's been a little bit of a challenge trying to do Mondays and Wednesdays, but that's the goal: is to go into twenty twenty four and be able to do a live show on Monday and on Wednesday. Um, so I will uh, keep you guys updated. If you want to be on the show, or if you know someone that should be on the show, feel free to DM me as well. Uh, but Tim, appreciate everything. Appreciate your time. And thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Joel. It was really fun. Really appreciate it. And uh, let's stay in touch. Yeah, likewise. I'm going to uh, end this stream.